just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. This is Podfluence, the podcast to help you grow your influence and income with podcasts. My name is John Ball, and my mission is to help you, the self-employed business coach, to grow your influence and income now so you can have a thriving coaching business. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the common mistakes that most people make as podcast guests and how with just three simple fixes, you'll be head and shoulders above the rest of the crowd to stand out as a much better guest. Maybe you've had podcast interviews go badly before, maybe you're worried about them going badly, or you've done a number of interviews and nothing much came from them. Now, it's possible that you might not even know that you're messing up the podcast opportunities coming your way because these mistakes are so commonly made that they've become normalized. I'm not just a podcast creator, I'm a consumer too. I love audio content. I listen when I'm getting ready, when I'm traveling, or even at the gym if I should ever happen to go there. Sometimes I listen to shows to help me decide on a guest for Podfluence, or whether I'm going to pitch that show myself, and sometimes because people have asked me to take a listen to them for feedback. One thing is for sure, most of the interviews I listen to contain the same mistakes again and again. As a podcast guest, you don't get to see audience drop-off rates. And most podcasters don't even check that either. But imagine being all excited about getting yourself on a big name podcast and the audience is looking for another episode to listen to before your first two minutes are up. It happens more than you will ever know. And by the end of this episode, you're going to know exactly what to do to be able to avoid the three biggest mistakes that most podcast guests make. First things first though, if you're not already following the show, there's a pretty good chance you can remedy that right now, especially if you already have your device in your hand. It's pretty simple. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you will see the plus sign at the top of the screen next to the show. And if you're on Spotify, you will see the follow button. If you're on either of those, that's the button to press for weekly episodes and interviews to help you build your influence and income from podcasts. And if that's not enough Podfluence for you, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter on LinkedIn and Beehive, and you'll find the links in the show notes. But right now, let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches and professional speakers who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. Being invited to be an expert guest on someone else's podcast is quite a privilege and a potential opportunity too. Maybe they asked you, maybe you asked them, 
or the stars just aligned, but most of your podcast appearances have the potential to generate new business for you if you play your cards right. The thing is, most people are effing it up and they don't even know it. So how do you know if podcast guesting is working as a marketing strategy or not? You can measure your results as you would any marketing campaign by the amount of opportunity being generated. However, unlike most ad campaigns, the results can keep coming on and on an ongoing basis. And sometimes an initial lack of results does not necessarily mean there will be no results at all. That said, if you're being strategic with your appearances and getting on shows with bigger audiences that contain your client avatar, and you're still not seeing more immediate results, there's a good chance that you're not making the most of the opportunity and connecting with that audience in a way that would inspire them to want to know more about you. If you're not getting results, then you're ultimately wasting your time, the host time and the audience's time too. Although they probably won't be sticking around more than a few minutes. Now, I've admitted this before, but there are certain guest recordings I just felt unable to publish for various reasons. And we're going to address those. But I'll be painting with a somewhat wide brush as we do. Before we get to them, there's something you need to understand about outcome-based podcasting that many podcasters just don't get. The show needs to be both entertaining and educational. Now, on some level, we all know this. If we go to the theatre and the show is boring, we might stay until the end. And that's a mix of sunk cost fallacy. You've already paid your money and you've made the effort to be there. Maybe arranged a babysitter or you've travelled into the city especially. Along with that you probably don't want to appear churlish by walking out because most people don't go to the theatre by themselves, I guess. Now, those things won't save you on a podcast episode. There's no sunk cost and the audience owe you nothing. You have everything to prove, which means you need to offer a strong value proposition and then you need to deliver on it. That's the context for everything that's about to follow. I was disappointed to find out some years back that the term edutainment had already been coined and that I had not been the first to come up with this handy portmanteau. Non-fiction, outcome-based podcasts need to deliver edutainment the whole time, whether it's 5 minutes, 15 minutes or 60. Forgetting this is fatal for your appearances. You don't need to become a stand-up comedian delivering your set, but you do need to turn up a few of the dials. So let's get into the three things that will help you become a more compelling, unmissable podcast guest. First is be present. Even the most painfully introverted people like to talk about themselves, although some may take a little more coaxing than others. Most podcasters start their interviews with some variation of, tell us about yourself. Let's not get into the right or wrong of that, other than to know you're likely to encounter it a lot. Responding to that question with your life history or professional history, however potted, is likely to get the audience searching for something else to listen to, or at least debating the value of continuing to listen. It's like an unintentional trap set by the majority of podcast interviewers. If the audience don't know who you are, they don't care about your history. 
If they do know who you are, they probably already know it. Help your podcast host out by giving your elevator pitch rather than a long-winded back history. All your audience needs to know is who you are and how you can help them. Beyond that, maybe see if you can come up with an interesting and ideally illustrative story that is as short as you can make it and different to the majority of answers that they will ever receive. And bonus points if that story is also funny, so long as that's appropriate to the show. Stay aware of the host and give them opportunities to interject. Which brings us to number two, pause for punctuation. Even professional speakers and comedians can struggle with this one. People worry way too much about dead air and leaving gaps, and most podcasts are edited, and those that aren't should be. Gaps and pauses are likely to be shortened for you if they're too long. The benefits of pausing are threefold. It's going to give you time to consider your reply rather than just having to keep speaking on the fly and fill recording time. It provides an opportunity for the host to steer the conversation and it adds gravitas to what you say because pausing is a habit that tends to indicate confidence. Do you see what I did there? Less really is more. The more succinct you can be in your communication, the more impact you'll probably have. Now, as with anything taken to extremes, this will have the opposite effect. One word or super short interview answers suggest that you don't have much to say and that you don't really want to be there. It can be interpreted as unfriendly and somewhat passive aggressive. And if that's the case, why are you even there? The ability to be able to nutshell things makes them memorable. And brings us to number three, prepare yourself. And this is the one that most people just don't do. I'm sure most of us don't have the time to do anything like the amount of preparation we would prefer to for every single podcast interview. And that's okay. You don't need to hire a research team, but you should be considering giving some time to your research. I've gone on shows that I never should have gone on simply because I didn't take the time to do any research at all. And it's the kind of mistake like a bad drunken tweet made at college years ago that might one day come back and bite you. There are so many things you could prepare yourself with, but here are three key things that really don't take much time at all. Firstly, prepare your energy by getting yourself into a good energetic state. So, Music, movement, some personal declarations, that's my own preferred method. You can choose yours. Secondly, if you haven't already listened to the show before, look it up. Check out a few episodes, skim through them, and take a look at episode titles and show descriptions to get an idea of what you're doing. Thirdly, have a framework that you can share that makes it easy for the listener to get what you're talking about and how you can help them and it doesn't need to be complicated. In fact, it's better if it's not. There's a framework in this episode, which I'll recap in just a moment. Now, this framework is the three Ps, present, pause, and prepare. And alliteration is great when you can use it with something like this because it helps make it easier to remember. And if you can remember the three Ps, you can probably remember most, if not all, of what they stand for. Don't force alliteration though. Rhyming can work great too, or a good acronym, 
And if you can't rhyme or alliterate your framework, three key points will do just fine. Now, of course, we could get into the power of three in language and rhetoric, but if that's your jam and that's interesting to you, then go and take a listen to episode 66 of Podfluence with my guest, Simon Lancaster. Next week, my guest is going to be Simone Sorter, and Simone is an expert at helping coaches get interviews in magazines and podcasts. Or oh, you're not going to want to miss that. Simone is also a fantastic person. I had a lot of fun chatting to her you're going to get some really good stuff. So don't miss my next episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. And if you want to get even more Podfluence, join me and hundreds of others for the Podfluence Weekly newsletter so you can get additional insights and articles on growing your coaching business for the long term. All you have to do is join me on LinkedIn or Beehive from the link in the show notes. That's it for this week's episode. I look forward to seeing you next time. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.